Hey strangers, welcome to another intriguing episode of The Strange Sessions. As always, I am Kurt and I am joined tonight by my lovely co-host who is also five-time WWE Women's <laughs> Champion, Krista. Wait, what does WWE stand for? World, world Wrestling. Oh, I thought you'd make up something new. No. Because I'm I could. clearly not into wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> That's unfortunate. Um, I, I don't know. I got Nothing? Nothing. Nothing. Apparently, we make a, a beautiful, beautiful couple, pair. though. <laughs> yeah. What was the comment? I don't remember. I can't remember. Two, Kurt posted a, a throwback picture of us on Facebook. I don't think in The Strangers, but from many years ago when we were going out to lunch together. And two people made the same exact comment under it, under it something like, beautiful together or something like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Two people, one after the other, put so beautiful together. So beautiful together. It's kind of weird that they both use the same exact yeah, phrase. But thank you. Um, but yeah, hey, we're a handsome couple. What we can I say? We are. My husband's not on Facebook, so it's okay. So yeah, we'll keep that on the DL. <laughs> yeah. That we are beautiful together, apparently. <laughs> I don't know how, how much on the DL we can keep that. That's true. Now it's open to public. Oh boy. So how are you? Not feeling the best. We discussed that. that, that I'm... I've had, I don't know if I'm coming down with something again, or I just, I'm having stomach issues all day. And don't breathe on me, please. Everybody's sick right now. I know. It's weird. I'm just like constantly sick. There's a cycle where I'm sick and then I get a little better and then I get sick again. So. Do we need to talk about your nutrition? Oh, yeah. Probably not on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Considering that I ate a gas station hot dog on the way down here. Uh, but first things first, we want to give a sh couple shout outs. Yes. Uh, give shout outs to our new strangers and those people are Phineas T. Bird Pocket, which is just the coolest <laughs> oh name. Oh my god. Yeah, I which love is just that. the coolest name. Phineas T. Yep. Bird Pocket. Seth Sturm, <laughs> Natalie Burton, hey, who Natalie. is my ex girlfriend that we mentioned in the and I think in a couple episodes, but mostly Because she was in that apartment in with the you. in the uh, episode about our personal paranormal experiences because she lived in the apartment with me where the weird stuff happened. Yeah, she, she was, was actually season the one, right? She, yeah, she was okay. actually the first one to notice that stuff because I poo pooed her and said, "No, there's nothing weird going on here. I'm <laughs> a ghost so hunter. Funny. I would know." And then I started hearing the voices. So and finding the toys and, and finding the Legos yeah. and all that stuff. So well, welcome, welcome to Natalie. the welcome to the strangers, Natalie. Also, Stephen Kogel. And Nathan Ward, thank you guys so much for joining the strangers. Uh, do you have a personal shout out? I have a shout out. I haven't added this person as a stranger yet, but maybe I'll do that. Um, but his name is Sean Morgan. Hey, Sean. He okay. Long story, really short. I just know him through face, or I'm sorry, Instagram. Also, Facebook. We're friends on Facebook now. But he, from what I have deduced, because <laughs> I think his like info on Instagram says he's like um, a, I don't know dog pal extraordinaire or something like that so I, and all of his pictures are of these dogs that he must i don't know if he has like a doggy daycare and they're always at this these beautiful parks in new york and i have a dog i'm a dog person so i just really liked his photos i don't know how i came across his um profile but so we've been following each other on instagram for a long time now and i noticed that he had followed the strange sessions sweet because I had posted something in my profile about it, um, about how we had followers, that we had hit like 300 followers on Instagram. And um, the other day he made a comment on something very specific that I said. He quoted me. 
on the peanut butter, banana, and mayo sandwich. sandwich. And I was like, oh, he's actually listening to the show. Awesome. So awesome. that's kind of surprising. You just never know. No. I think people who are friends follow because they know you're doing yeah, it, but they don't, don't actually listen. Don't, don't, well, some people don't tell us that they listen either. Right. That's true. So, Sean, I said I would give you a shout out. Here's your shout out. Awesome. So, love your pictures. If you guys want to see really cute dog pictures with funny captions, um, his handle on Instagram is Sean as an S E A N underscore dogs. Uh, I'm sorry, Sean's. So S E A N S underscore dogs. Cool. Sean's dogs. Yes. Cool. I love doggies too. Me too. I'm a cat person, but I love doggies. I love all animals. I don't think I have a personal shout out. Well, but something kind of cool did happen this week where I, on the podcast, I've talked about how much I love armchair treasure hunts oh yeah you know and there's the jenny kyle's site mysterious writings i've written articles for that site about some famous treasure you know armchair treasure hunts and going back to when i was a kid there was a magazine that came out in the late 70s called games magazine and i was obsessed with this magazine when i was a kid it's it has you know crosser puzzles it has all sorts of really cool contests in it and it's a really, really good magazine called Games. And sometime in the mid-90s, they turned it into Games World of Puzzles. But it's still out there. And one day, I got a message on Facebook from somebody that is writing an article for it about armchair treasure hunts, and they want to use some of my stuff. Nice. So he, You had something published somewhere about an armchair On the website. Hunt. On okay. the website, yeah. Okay. But he, this is like a, my favorite magazine that's so, amazing yeah so he sent me a bunch of questions and i answered them so it'll be in the article so it's <gasps> you just, have um, to post a link to i know it's amazing to me that my name will actually be in this magazine that i've been obsessed with my that whole life so really, that's really cool really cool yeah so i'm super happy about that that's awesome hey speaking of my friend nikki b she's a stranger she listens to the show hey nikki i'll see you on tuesday hi nikki <laughs> Um, she had sent me a link in Messenger about the Oak Island treasure mm-hmm. thing. And I had mentioned to her, she had just found an article about it. And I said, I'm pretty sure there's a TV show all about this. Oh, yeah. Curse of Oak she Island. She thought it was just a documentary, but no, I, it's, it's, it's on a, like season it's, it's six. On like it's, yeah, it's on like it's six season. And you watch it? Yeah. Is it good? It's good, but... So it's, it's really it's, like a, a reality show kind of? Yeah, it's good, but it's basically, like a it's contest, a lot of the same but... stuff where they're trying to find the treasure that's in on this island, okay. supposedly on this island. Searching, so and they're like the, the searching. the two brothers that own the island and they're searching oh. and then there's, it goes into a lot of theories about what the treasure might be. But okay. yeah, my brother Corey and I love Oak Island stuff. So they follow like point, a new lead every episode yeah, or something? Yeah, okay. at some point we're going to have an episode about Oak oh, Island very because cool. we have to. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's a good show. It's definitely worth watching. History Channel, I History think. Channel, yep. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll check it out at some point. Uh, any housekeeping other than... I don't think so. Uh, Wander, who won our contest, Ooh, got yeah, back yeah, yeah. to me about the next episode's topic, so I'll start working on that. We're not going to tell you what it is, though. No. Ha! So our next episode <laughs> will be our last episode for the season, mm-hmm. but worry Regular not. Regular episode. Yeah, worry not. We're still going to drop nuggets here or there, so you guys will still will still be in your You'll lives. You'll get your taste of the K and the K. Yeah, we'll still be in your lives. <laughs> Chris and I are going to travel the country and just stay at your house for a night and <laughs> talk with you at the dinner table. Sure. That sounds good? Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I better start saving for gas money. Uh, and then now's the point where we look at each other like, is there anything else we're forgetting? Yeah. Of because, course there is, because yeah. there's always <laughs> something we'll, we'll we're forgetting. Because we from haven't here. hired our intern yet. <laughs> no, we're still. <laughs> that'll be next season's contest. We should probably be advertise our, be our for intern. that. Be our intern. We want an uh, intern. I'm a little dismayed to find out that somebody. I guess oh. uh, Joe and Jeff went. And I did. Joe went and looked I did. at our uh, 
our iTunes ratings and somebody rated us low because I dissed Led Zeppelin. Yep. They said they love the podcast, but they can't handle the fact that, well, that's not exactly what they said, but yeah, it was because you didn't like Led Zeppelin. Their good stuff is really good. Stairway to Heaven is really good. But the rest of the stuff isn't that good. It's not. I think they're coasting on their good stuff. Hmm. I really do. I don't hate them. You know, if it's on, I'll there go our it. ratings. Kurt. I, I know I'm just <laughs> sending us right and, down. Yeah, so that person gave us, I think, two stars and another. The only other two star rating we got was because that episode they listened to had poor audio quality. Our first couple episodes, which did. we struggled with. Yeah, but they said they loved the podcast. Part of me wants to go back and listen to our very first couple episodes, but I just don't want to because it's fun to do that. Though. I was so nervous in those first couple episodes. Yeah, you did good though. Well, thank you. Yeah, so uh, we have all five-star ratings except those two. And awesome. they said they love the podcast, but a yeah, bad quality. I'm okay with, I'm okay with a bad, bad rating if you like the podcast. Yeah. You know, so thank you so much, guys, for... Well, give us a, some constructive criticism if you're, yeah. you know... We don't want to be those people who are like, you can only give us a five-star rating. But I'm not going to come on and be like, yeah, I'm a leadhead now. A lead man. <laughs> Is that what they're called? <laughs> yeah, leadhead. Okay. <laughs> Zepheads or leadheads or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Stay right to heaven was good. That's... It's the it. only one? Yeah, one of the only ones. Okay. No comment. <laughs> What's our taste test today? I don't know. It's a double blind taste test. It was sent from... to us by my friend Shane Oshazanik, who I've known for quite a long time. I've known him for a long, long time. So he sent us some stuff he picked up at the grocery store. He said it's nothing that he wouldn't try himself. That's why we all pickle stuff. People are obsessed with pickles now. Well, <laughs> all of our is good. Like the pickle ice cream. I would have loved the pickle cotton candy made me cringe for some reason. I just made don't my teeth hurt. Yeah. <laughs> I just thinking don't, about it. I don't get, you know, some pickle stuff is good, but I love pickle juice. I I'll, dr- try I, I'll drink straight up pickle juice, but some things shouldn't be. I'll try anything with chocolate. So I would try the pickle chocolate. The pickle chocolate actually looked really good. Mm-hmm. So let's see what Shane got us. I think he got us a couple things. So okay. we may try one or two. The big reveal. Here's the big reveal. Drum roll. Sticking please. my hand into the box. Oh, mystery. Just. Just do a drum roll in your heads, listeners. What? This is like cubic. Ooh, cubic. Is it a Rubik's Cube? Ooh. What's that? Tamarind seedless candy. Tamarind? Tamarind is... I've tasted tamarind and stuff, but I've never actually had tamarind. Huh. Okay. Well, we got to figure out... Oh, weird. It It comes in like little pods. Is that what we're tasting today? Yeah. So I got to take a picture. Yeah. Oh, I like that it gives nutrition facts. Tamarind is a... It says big and joy on it. <laughs> what does that mean? Big and joy? Big and joy. <laughs> it just says that in the corner. Huh. Big and joy. You must enjoy. I think tamarinds are... It's a fruit. <laughs> the tamarind tree produces pod-like fruit that contains an edible pulp used in cuisines around the world. Other uses of the pulp include traditional medicine and metal polish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> metal polish. It's basically a kind of nut. But it looks like it looks like um, raisins or cherries yeah, it does look or like raisins. you know dried fruit or something. How do we get this Oh man, there's like you know how I am with packages. <laughs> There's like some kind of... It's like the Hellraiser puzzle box. <laughs> tape or like a Rubik's Cube. You might, you might as well have just handed me a Rubik's Cube. What's that? Knife. Oh, Kurt's giving me a knife. 
<laughs> that he can't get open. I just put lotion on my hands. So I can't get here. It's that one. Oh. Sweet. This one. Ooh. Was it in your pocket? Yep. It's that, warm. That's thanks. That's also our defense if anybody breaks in here. And this tiny little warm knife. Hold on, I got. It's not but the hold size, on, I just put lotion of, on so I can't open it. It's not the size it. of the knife. Um, I'm gonna try not to end up in the emergency room. I'm really curious about this. Oh, there we go. Because I've heard of tamarinds and I know things that tamarinds are in, but I've never had a tamarind. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, to be honest with you. I tamarind. Yeah, it's usually I've always seen it as like a flavoring yeah. in something yeah. else. I've never had it as an actual just snack. Do the sniff test. If I ever get this box open. This is what I have to do. I'll just start going to the main topic whenever, you're, <laughs> whenever you get we'll it We'll be open. reading our anonymous <laughs> questions at the end, and I'll still the be working guy. on this yeah, stupid we'll open box. We'll have this open next week, folks. <laughs> Come on. Oh, there we go. All right. Sniff test? Sniff test. Oh, that was a puzzled look. No, it smells like raisins. That's what I think it smells like. I'm going to take a picture of this real quick. Real quick ones. Yeah, you sounded yeah, very, you once, sounded yeah, very hey. Wisconsin. I'm going to take a picture of this real quick. Once. If my phone stops and so? being a dick. What the? My phone just restarted. You have to take a picture. Oh, All right. well, I'm going to grab one. All right. It's, it's like this little cute little box. Yeah. Hmm. And it's like coated in sugar. Like well, so coarse can't be bad. sugar. Oh, it. Smell it. Yeah, it's got a like sort of raisinish smell. Yeah, you maybe. ready? <laughs> you're no, you're not like allergic to this or anything. <laughs> We're gonna find out. Oh God. Okay, let's go. Okay. Oh. Hmm. It tastes like like those candies your grandparents put out at Christmas. Yeah. The gummy ones that are coated in sugar and they're green. It tastes like it has a raisiny flavor to it. It tastes like a, like a sugared raisin. But like a really strong one. It's really good, actually. I think it's good. Hmm. Okay, I really like those. Yeah, I do too. It has a much sharper flavor than like a raisin. I want to say it's like a bigger raisin. It's like mm -hmm. a cross between a raisin and a prune. I like a prune. That, yeah. Actually, it's a lot like a prune. It's a lot like a sugared prune. Um, I like the crunch of the sugar. As I've been having stomach problems all day, I'm sure a couple <laughs> sugared prunes will... <laughs> Do wonders for Aren't me. Aren't prunes supposed to help you go? Yeah. I haven't Do had a problem. That? I know. I need the opposite. Maybe there's a block of cheese in there. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope the next one is cheese. Here's your knife. Okay, I like these. Definitely more prunish than raisinish. What do you think? Out of ten. I think they're good. Um I don't normally like candy like this. I'm a chocolate person, mm -hmm. so I would give it like a seven. I'm gonna give it a nine. Mm. It's really good and I would if I had this home, I would eat it for a snack. It's one point under a peanut butter, banana, and mayo sandwich. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It's really good. And I'm guessing this is probably healthy. And I'm, I had four of them now, so I'm not allergic, I don't Do think. Do you have any metal that you could polish with it? <laughs> um, my knife. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> um, well, oh, I think it's good. Yeah, definitely a nine. I really like this. Hmm. You could put that in cereal or something. or oatmeal. Oh, that would be good in be cereal. really good in oatmeal. Or oatmeal. All right, you heard it here first, kids. Tamarinds. It's what's for breakfast. Do you think it's tamarind is plural and singular? 
That's a good question. Someone Google that and get back to us. <laughs> do we want to try another Let's one out of the box of mystery? Sure. Let's do it. Okay. I, I like really a, like these. I like a two taste. It's a test. solid nine. Solid nine. And this, is a, oh, it's a bag of, it feels like crackers. This will be our last one for tonight. It is. Whoa. Wow. I saw like some kind of Chinese. Oh, banana cream biscuits. That can't Ooh, be bad. That can't be bad at all. It's Kong Guan. Kong Guan. I actually drooled a little looking at that, so they're going to be good. And gone. That's <laughs> they're going to be gone. Good and gone. Okay, you want to open it? You're going to make me struggle with the package. Oh, I will open this one. <laughs> Banana cream biscuits and I got gas station coffee. So delicious. this is going to be good. <laughs> I might have to bring some of those home for my husband. He does like banana. I have not made him the peanut butter banana mayo sandwich oh. yet. Oh, that it smells, smells very really banana-y. good. <laughs> Okay, I'm not hesitant about these at all. No. I've never heard of anything like that, though. A banana cream cookie. I think I... It, they smell really strong. And usually they don't... I wouldn't think that would smell that strong. Oh, they're very banana-y. Yeah. I'm going to take two out. I have to look at the nutrition. Oh, boy. Oh. A serving size is two pieces, 160 calories. Two grams of protein. Six sugars. Six sugars is not bad for cookies. No, that's not bad for a cookie. It's technically a biscuit, not a cookie. Oh, sorry. Are these from England? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have it upside down. There's words on it. It doesn't look so much like a cookie as it does like a... Ritz cracker. Like a Ritz cracker. Like a, With something like in a, the middle. Yeah. They smell really good, though. Shane, thank you for these. Neither yeah. of these were scary. Well, it smells really banana-y. Yeah. Okay, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Mmm. Mm. That's really good. That is really good. The co- the biscuit part reminds me of like a Nilla wafer. Yeah. Mm. That is really good. That cream is really too. banana-ish. But not like fake banana uh-huh. overpowering. These are amazingly good. Mmm. They totally remind me of Ritz cracker, like a cross between a Ritz cracker and a Nilla wafer. Mm. I need a glass of milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somebody send us milk. Somebody send us milk to try. Oh, please don't do that. <laughs> mm. These are really good. <laughs> really crunchy. They're really crunchy. I'll take some for Jim. I think he'd like that. You take the banana cream biscuits. I'll take the tamarinds. How about that? You don't want any more? No. They're good, though. Okay. Let Jim have them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like the... I my really, husband likes anything in sandwich form, so... I really like that cracker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hate the sound of people eating. I was going to say, welcome to another episode <laughs> of Kurt and Chris to talk with their mouths full of food. <laughs> I like that the cookie or the cracker parts biscuit, sorry. Biscuit. Is not overly sweet. No, it's not sweet at all, really. Because the cream filling is. Mm. Sorry, I have to finish this before we start. I think I lost some down my jacket. You're always ending up with food down your shirt or on your sweater. <laughs> you know. Okay, one more bite. We'll give us one. 
<laughs> Those are really good. I'm annoying myself today. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kurt, what do you give this one? Another nine. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. give it a nine, too. Yeah. I thought 10, but... Then you think about the sandwich, and you're I know. like, we I know can't a couple give everything you, a 10. I know a couple of the strangers said that they were going to try it. So if you did try I, it, yeah, I hear let about us know it. what you think. Take I mean, a picture was, and po- post it on the strangers. I would love to see your version of the You know, maybe, because I was thinking this week, maybe we were so scared of it, and that the fact that we liked it so much was because we were scared of it. So if we told people it was good, and they tried it and didn't like it, <laughs> you know. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot of psychology going There's on. There's a lot of psychology. <laughs> Well, totally. If you guys tried that sandwich, I want to hear about it yeah. and see pictures. And thank you again, Shane, for the box of mystery. We still got a couple things in there. Box O mystery. The box O mystery. All right. Our titillating 20 went over by a few minutes. So. That's okay. We're okay with that. What are we talking about today? Today, we are talking about one of my favorite topics and being a cancer horoscope sign. I am ruled by the moon. You're going to say you're like a cancer on society. And I was going to be like, Kurt, you're not a cancer on society. (laughs) Tonight we're talking about the moon and the mysteries surrounding the moon. I didn't know you were a cancer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm like, if you look up cancer stuff, I'm like a textbook cancer. And I am not at all a Leo. I'm uh, I'm a cancer. People are nice and extremely insecure and all that so leos are attention seeking center of attention people <laughs> say you no you're not an, are you leo i'm on the cusp of leo and virgo oh. and i'm much more virgo yeah because you are not mm-hmm. attention seeking no. you're the opposite the of attention seeking but no i am a typical cancer you look up cancer traits that's me okay and so what does that have to do with moon mysteries? we are supposedly ruled by the moon oh okay the moon is supposedly our our thing which I get because I love the moon. I love... I do too, actually. I love just looking at it. Mm-hmm. I, you know, when I was younger, I used to go out in the field and just look at the stars, look at the moon. Do you know I that... don't do that anymore because I'm basically in bed by the time <laughs> <laughs> the moon and stars are out. My mom had never seen the man in the moon until I pointed it out to her and explained how to look for it. I don't think I've ever seen the Shut man in the moon. No, I don't think... I've heard about it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Kurt. Yeah. No. Okay. This is a new mission of mine. <laughs> There, you have well, to it's look already at dark a, outside, so yeah. maybe we'll see it when we leave. It's not too cloudy. But my mom was a grown adult. I Probably in the last 10 years, I pointed out how to see the face of the man in the moon, and she was absolutely no. astounded by it. I've never... She's like, I always thought it was just like a, a, like a phrase that people use. And I'm like, no, there's a face. You can see a face. I've never... I'm 100% showing this I've, to you. Okay. Listeners, I've, have you seen the man in the moon? <laughs> Please I tell mean, me I've you have. I've heard about it, but... Yeah. No, I it's knew a face it was a, that you can see. I knew it was a thing, but I've never... Hmm. looked all the time he's I've actually kind of looking off to i think well his left our right if i'm picturing hmm. it correctly in my head okay you'll have to show me sometime i will I have if the moon's out on our way home and we can see it we'll we're, we're supposed to have out. snow coming so it might cloud up oh, hopefully it's we're pretty clear right now hopefully we're home by that time okay so uh and this is the moon is fascinating because everybody knows everybody knows where it is everybody has seen it everybody well, and I wonder if this is one of those episodes I'm going to go into saying, I don't know anything about these moon mysteries. And every time you say one, I'm going to be oh, yeah. like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. And this is one of those episodes where we're going to cover a lot of crap in okay. a little bit of time. So, okay. and I was, telling like Krista, I was telling Krista on the way here that maybe I shouldn't do this because I could probably split these topics up in maybe like two or three separate shows mm. rather than jamming them all in our... one show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the microphone caught <laughs> no, that, but, but my it was stomach, awesome. My stomach totally just... 
I, that sounded like a squatch. I told you, I've been having stomach issues. Squatching. I've been having stomach issues all day. Um, by the way, I'm really thrilled. I, once again, I don't have a name off the... T- is it April who's cross-stitching I a so. Sasquatch for me? I'm super, super jazzed about that, though. You want me to look? Yes. I'm pretty sure this one stuck in my head. Because at first, I thought it was this girl named Heather, who I follow on Instagram, Heather and Stitches. She listens to the show. And she commented on that too, but it wasn't her. It was someone else. And I thought it was April. Testing Krista's memory today. Yes. Sweet. Just going to go with it because I had it right. You you did have it. I thought it was April too. <laughs> okay, good. Normally I can't remember who said what and I go to bring it up and I sound like a dum-dum. Yeah, you guys are awesome at posting stuff. There's the stuff, a lot of Bigfoot stuff. A lot of pickle stuff. I love the cat thing where you die, but your cats still want to meow you at 2 a.m. for food. Yes. I love the Don't Stop Believing shirt with mm-hmm. Bigfoot riding Nessie with the cowboy hat from yep. Tina. I love it all. Lots of pickle stuff, how it feels to listen to podcasts. I <laughs> love that one. It's true, though. It yeah. really is true. So thank you guys so much for making the Strangers Group what it is. You guys seriously are awesome. And so our thank podcast you. what it is. We would not have a podcast without anybody listening. It'd just be me and Kurt talking to each other in a room. Exactly. Oh, and Stan Lee passing away. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. Like we've brought it up in other episodes that I'm not a superhero movie guy. but No, me either. But, but I have mad respect for the guy. I do too. He um, was in a couple Kevin Smith movies. So that's mm-hmm. awesome And I right am there. a big Kevin Smith fan. Yeah. So. But back to the moon. But we digress. We digress. Back to the moon. I believe this was suggested to us by Joe from the group. Because that was when I was going to do something else. Joe after, Weigert or something Yeah, like after that? Okay. bumping this, I was going to do something else. And mm-hmm. then he said, you should do moon mysteries. And, and then, then a couple, it started a big long And then a thread. couple other people are like, you really should. So this one's for you guys. Earth's moon is one of the most mysterious objects in our solar system. It has numerous physical qualities which scientists are unable to explain. And many scientists believe that it is incomparable. Is that the way to Incomparable? Say yeah. And many scientists believe that it is incomparable to any other moon found to date. The moon is so unique that Dr. Robert Jastrow, the first president of NASA's Commission of Lunar Exploration, called the moon, quote, the Rosetta Stone of the planets. Mm. And Robin Brett, a scientist from NASA, once stated, quote, it seems easier to explain the non-existence of the moon than its existence. Interesting. Yeah. Can you, what is Rosetta Stone again? Rosetta Stone is, it was like the... The stone tablet the that let them that let them de- no. It was a stone. <laughs> it was a stone tablet that let them decipher. I oh, believe right. hieroglyphics. Okay. I actually saw it. It's in the it's in the museum in London. Okay. So I actually yes. was there. Nice. With just a piece of glass separating me from it. Why didn't you loot it or? Something? I should have. I should have tried stealing it. Oh well. Okay. Next time. I just wanted in case people weren't familiar with what it was. And it's beyond, also software for learning different. Beyond ages. learning Spanish. <laughs> Where we are L strange sessions. <laughs> what about La strange sessions? La strange sessions Ill in France. Strange sessions. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't think da of any other strange sessions. <laughs> Dur. So here's a couple interesting moon facts. The moon is a little more than one quarter the size of Earth. Another bizarre characteristic compared to any other natural satellite in our cosmic region. Of all the moons in the solar system, ours is the fifth largest. No other planet that we're aware of has a moon that is as proportionately big as ours. All other planets with moons that size are massive gas giants. Neptune, the closest in size with a moon that is big. Uh, <laughs> Neptune, shush. 
Sorry, the way that came out was really funny. <laughs> Neptune, the closest in size with a moon that big, is four times the size of Earth. Considering the Earth's size and magnetic field, it is quite unlikely to have a satellite at all, but if it were to have one, we could expect it to be something in the vicinity of 30 miles around. For instance, Mars' two moons, Phobos and Deimos, I think it's Deimos or Deimos, have diameters of of 13 and 4 miles, respectively. Yet the moon's diameter is around 2,160 miles, bigger than Pluto, and more than one-fourth of the Earth's diameter. Without the moon orbiting exactly where it is, it's possible that life on Earth wouldn't exist or at least wouldn't have evolved to the point that it has. In fact, it's estimated that less than 10% of all terrestrial planets in the universe have Earth-to-moon ratio like ours, which provides the stability that is necessary to maintain a climate that can harbor life. It kind of gives the phrase, the stars align. Yes, a, totally. A whole new meaning. Yep. All other moons in our solar system orbit their planets around the equator. Our moon does not, and it orbits Earth at an inclination of 5 degrees. The moon has a precise altitude, course, and speed, allowing it to function properly in regards to planet Earth. Simply put, the moon should not be where it is currently. So, weird stuff. Mystery 1, the origin of the moon. Okay. In the 1800s, Charles Darwin's son George had an idea. He suggested that when the Earth was young, it rotated very quickly, and as a result, part of it flew off into space and formed the moon. The Pacific Ocean is supposedly the chunk that this fission came from. That was one of the first theories about what the moon was, Hmm. that the Earth spun so fast that it spit out this chunk. And that's what the ocean is. That's what the (laughs) Pacific Ocean is. Nobel Prize winning chemist Harold Urey proposed instead that the moon came from another part of the galaxy and was pulled in by the Earth's gravity as it passed by. But both of these theories were disproven when samples of lunar rock and soil were examined. The fission theory didn't work because lunar rock samples showed that the moon was far older than the Pacific Ocean which it was supposed to have come from. And the capture theory didn't work because the moon is almost chemically identical to the Earth. That would be unlikely if they formed far apart, as Urey had suggested. So that's kind of... Because I, I, this is one of those things that, I mean, I had science classes, but I didn't, before I did this, I had no idea if we knew where the moon came from. And it turns out we don't really, Hmm. we don't really know where the moon came from. any of the planets? I assume that it was, they just got caught in their gravitational field years and years ago, but it turns out it didn't Hmm. because it said the odds of it being that chemically close close to to earth Earth. are But not coming from earth. Yeah. Another long-standing theory, and one that is currently being studied, is the belief that a large planetary body, which is usually called Thea, T-H-E-I-A, around the size of Mars, collided in a glancing blow with the Earth, knocking dust and rock off the intruding body into our orbit. According to this giant impact hypothesis, the loose dust and debris eventually form the moon. But if the Thea hypothesis were correct, the moon's chemistry should be more different from Earth's. Is it possible that Thea had an almost exact match to Earth's chemistry? Computer simulations of the early solar system suggest that the probability of this happening is less than 1%. Hmm. Recently, researchers at the Israel Institute of Technology performed a more detailed simulation of the objects buzzing around in the early solar system, and they found that the objects that impacted on planets were much more similar to those planets than previously expected. Instead of just a 1% chance of Thea and Earth being that similar, the odds were closer to 20%. Hmm. So that's kind of one of the prevailing theories now. Okay. Basically that this Thea, and I'm not sure where they got the name for it, but this Thea 
collided just in a glancing blow with Earth, just enough to knock a bit of it off Thea. And that's, and that's what's that's remaining what formed the moon. is what knocked yep. off. Okay. They said there's less than a 1% chance of that happening, though. Yeah, but the, the, the new model showed that it was closer to 20% chance possibi- uh, probability. But I feel like the fact that we even exist is like a yeah. less than 1% yeah, chance exactly. probability. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Uh, the current theory making the rounds is something called synestia, which basically says that the Earth was at one point totally different than what it is now. We collided with Thea, and the combined angular momentum of the two bodies basically vaporized the Earth and caused us to become a donut-shaped cloud of hot dust and liquid rotating around a molten core, which ended up spitting out the moon, and the Earth ended up condensing and cooling into the planet it is today. From what I was reading about this, it was that Thea, the body that hit us, was Mm -hmm. spinning, and we were also spinning, so the combined spinning of that hitting us is what vaporized the planet. And the the planet vaporized into like this donut-shaped thing. Oh, God, and, here come our flat Earth theories. And, uh, <laughs> and a part of it spit out and became the moon, and then the planet cooled and condensed into the like Earth the that center? is now. Like yeah. the donut hole? Yeah, like, a do- like <laughs> the, some of the diagrams the I saw had it as donut a donut hole. Yeah, it was basically, the moon is our donut hole. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> then we, we, the visual you know, is just spectacular. Yeah. And that that's one of the theories. That's like the new popular theory making the rounds. <laughs> But this is an entirely hypothetical premise. It's never been witnessed. It's just well, something no. that showed up possibly in computer simulations. Okay. Uh, so to, the, to this day, nobody knows where the moon came from. There are many theories, but as one of the researchers says, quote, we are still missing something. Hmm. So there's just, it's really interesting that there's no... Definitive answer. No definitive answer about it. Hmm. And that's going to lead into mystery number two. In 1962, NASA scientist Dr. Gordon McDonald stated, quote, If the astronomical data are reduced, it is found that the data require that the interior of the moon is more like a hollow than a solid sphere. In MIT's Dr. Sean C. Solomon wrote, quote, The lunar orbiter experiments vastly improved our knowledge of the moon's gravitational field, indicating the frightening possibility that the moon may be hollow. Why is so that, that frightening? Is, that is mystery number two. Is the moon hollow slash metallic? Oh, okay. And if so, why? You're going to tell me why that's scary? It is. It's scary because it shouldn't be hollow. Oh, okay. During several of the lunar landings, namely Apollo 11, 12, 14, 15, and 16, the astronauts install seismometers, which are the devices that measure earthquakes. Mm-hmm on the moon's surface and left them there so that we could regularly receive data about seismic activities on the moon. It was discovered that when a spent liftoff stage of the lunar module was sent crashing back down to the moon's surface as the astronauts left, it caused massive reverberations of the moon. In the March 1970 issue of Popular Science magazine, these reverberations were compared to the, quote, ringing of a bell, and it stated that these vibrations would last for up to an hour. According to Ken Johnson, supervisor of the Data and Photo Control Department, the moon not only rang like a bell, but the whole moon, quote, wobbled in such a precise way that it was almost as though it had a gigantic hydraulic damper strut inside of it. This led people to speculate that the moon might possibly be metallic and hollow. Metallic? Yep. Okay. Also in 1970, two Russian scientists, Michael Vazin and Alexander Sherbakov, published the vazin sherbakov theory, which hypothesized that the moon is an artificial, hollowed-out satellite or spacecraft that had been placed in Earth's orbit by unknown beings. 
This became known as the spaceship moon theory and postulates that the moon is actually a generational spacecraft that traveled for thousands of years across space to either seed Earth with humans or that it was put into our orbit as a means to monitor us. So that's creepy. So like there's some under the surface, there's some kind of craft. It just looks like a big. Yeah. Okay. Some spaceship moon theorists believe that the moon is abandoned and is basically a derelict spaceship, while others believe that it is still habited and acts as a base, and that's where a majority of unidentified flying objects come from. Hmm. And that makes a lot of sense, because these things probably, unless you know they're bending space-time and all that stuff, probably couldn't come from you know thousands of light years away, but if they're stationed on the moon, it's just a little pop down a the hop, road. A hop, skip, and a jump. Just a hop, skip, and a jump away. Often cited as proof that the moon is metallic and artificial is the way that impact craters are formed on the moon. Craters are thought to be the result of meteorite and asteroid impacts, meaning that there should be a certain proportion between their depth and width. Instead, many wider craters have similar depths to significantly narrow craters. So couldn't things like gravity and other stuff impact Possibly, but that I, sort I, of thing? I get where they're coming from that a bigger asteroid should hit and penetrate deeper sure. instead they're saying that it's wider than it is deep yeah instead they're saying all of these basically go to the same depth like there's some kind yeah. of core even the largest craters were strangely shallow and wide suggesting that there may be some sort of solid and impenetrable hull beneath the relatively few feet of surface rock and dust that causes incoming meteorites to flatten out and spread out as they hit this hull and i mean to me that makes sense that if there's like a metallic Something outside harder. that everything that hits it is going to flatten out. That, right. That bigger asteroids aren't going to go that makes sense. deeper into the surface. They're going to spread out. I thought out. that was really interesting. That, mm -hmm. But I also don't know enough about asteroid Physics. impacts to know if, <laughs> right. if that's a thing or not. It's also interesting to note that some moon rocks have been discovered to be much older than rocks on the Earth, even though both were apparently formed during the same period. Hollow moon theorists claim this is further proof that the moon was constructed elsewhere and brought here by an alien race. Also, by some reports, there are some lunar rocks that have been found to contain processed metals such as brass. Also, the elements of uranium-236 and neptunium-237 that have never been found to occur naturally have been found existing on the moon. Uranium-236 is a radioactive nuclear waste which is found in spent nuclear and reprocessed uranium. Neptunium-237 is a radioactive metallic element and a byproduct of nuclear reactors and the production of plutonium. So these shouldn't exist right. unless something made them. Man-made. Man-made. Okay. Lunar rocks have also been found to contain 10 times more titanium than titanium-rich rocks on planet Earth. Dr. Harold Urey, Nobel Prize winner for chemistry, said he was terribly puzzled by the rocks astronauts found on the moon and their unusually high titanium content. Couldn't they have just been traveling through space and ended up there? Possibly. <laughs> I don't know how Possibly. that works, but, but it doesn't mean they originated on the moon. Scientists today state that there is no evidence whatsoever to suggest that the moon is hollow, but this shows up a lot when you search for, okay. for moon theories and i kind of i've always liked this theory i'm not saying i 100 percent buy it mm -hmm. but i've i've always liked this theory that the moon is to me it's always been that the moon is an artificial thing and i'm not a conspiracy theorist really but i have always liked the idea that the moon is an artificial thing that was placed where it was placed on purpose in order to help life advance on this planet hmm. 
that something put it there. You know, like basically we're... Something extraterrestrial. An ant farm and somebody put that there in order to do make sure solid. that we... They had to do us <laughs> solid, as Krista says. <laughs> That's nice. But, you know, and it, this is one of those things where... Like the the people that say it's hollow post all this stuff and the people that say it's not post all this counter stuff and it's just a go back and forth thing between hollow moon people and non hollow moon people. Okay, so what we need is that drilling team from Armageddon to yeah. go land on the moon. As well as find one of those craters, <laughs> get to the bottom, start drilling, see what happens. Yeah. I mean I I'm not gonna lie, I like the idea that the moon is hollow, that the moon's a craft. A craft or a construction. I've never heard this before. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's actually a big one. If you I've heard it, about the whole other side of the moon, the dark side of the moon, yeah. as some kind of you know base, yeah. alien base or but something. But when you think about the, the the fact that the moon shouldn't be where it is, that we shouldn't have a moon That's like that, it makes, it makes sense that something purposely... This is the first time I've ever heard that. Yeah, that something purposely put the moon there right. in order to... Like, if the moon wasn't here, we would be a hot mess. Right. You know... I feel like there are so many things that exist, though, that just seem like they shouldn't. Yeah. Just that's how life kind yeah, of is. Yeah, because if something has a, a one in a million chance of happening, it right. could still happen. You exactly. know, so that's, it's very possible, you know. It's just, I, I'm just going to go on record and say I buy the idea that the moon isn't what we think it is. Okay. And suggesting that the moon is hollow leads to mystery number three, which is, of course... Are you waiting for me to answer yeah. this question? What's always one of our things? Aliens. Yes. Not you're going to say Bigfoot. It's not Bigfoot. I don't know. A hollow okay, ass, Bigfoot a has ho- been associated ho- with aliens. A hollow moon piloted by Bigfoots would be <laughs> badass. That's a t-shirt waiting to happen. <laughs> That's a t-shirt waiting to happen. <laughs> and this is something that comes up quite a bit. During the Apollo 11 moon landing, there was a two-minute period of radio silence. According to NASA, the problem arose from one of two television cameras overheating, thus disrupting the reception. Ham operators receiving the VHF signals directly from Apollo 11 supposedly picked up the following message, which was screened by NASA from the public. And you're going to see this a lot. Hmm. There's actually two different ones, so I went with the the shorter one. But you're going to see this a lot, that supposedly during that silence, what you heard was this. Are you going to use like some kind of weird robot-y voice to say it? No. Mission Control is saying, what's there? Mission Control calling Apollo 11. And Apollo 11 responds, these babies are huge, sir. Enormous. Oh, God, you wouldn't believe it. I'm telling you there are other spacecraft up here lined up on the far side of the crater edge. They're on the moon watching us. Okay, I have heard this. Yeah. And there's another one that goes into more to more depth. That gives you the chills a little bit. Yeah, it does. And you're going to see this a lot. You're going to see this... When you do a Google search on moon aliens or weird things about the moon, you're going to see this a lot. Okay. According to most accounts, this isn't true, that this was fabricated. According to NASA, they never say mission control. They always say Houston. Mm. And this has them saying mission control. I don't know if that's a deal breaker, but that, that's one of the arguments against this. But I'd be really curious. Well, so a ham radio, is that something you people could have recorded? Yeah, but back then, I don't know if people had the capability to record mm. ham radio. Okay. In 1979, Maurice Chaitlane, former chief of NASA communications system, confirmed that Armstrong had indeed reported seeing two UFOs on the rim of a crater. Quote, 
The encounter was common knowledge in NASA, he revealed, but nobody has talked about it until now. But although he is usually identified as a, quote, former NASA chief of communications, especially by ufologists, other sources claim that he was merely a low-level engineer who worked for a NASA subcontractor. According to some reports, Soviet scientists were allegedly the first to confirm the incident. Quote, according to our information, the encounter was reported immediately after the landing of the module, said Dr. Vladimir Azaza, a physicist and professor of mathematics at Moscow University. No relation to Zozo. Ha, Zozo. <laughs> ha, Zozo. And he went on to say, quote, Neil Armstrong relayed the message to Mission Control that two large, mysterious objects were watching them after having landed near the moon module, but his message was never heard by the public because NASA censored it. According to another Soviet scientist, Dr. Alexander Kazantsev, Buzz Aldrin took color movie film of the UFOs from inside the module and continued filming them after he and Armstrong went outside. Dr. Azaza claims that the UFO departed minutes after the astronauts came out onto the lunar surface. There's that, but tracking down these scientists has proved unsuccessful. They can't find trace that these scientists exist. And it's believed that these stories first emanated from the National Enquirer, oh, well. which is not <laughs> a bastion. Can't put anything in there that yeah, isn't no, true. it's not a bastion of <laughs> factuality. Right. So, and I, I found that, I found that, that the, the National Enquirer was the one that broke the story of these Soviet scientists saying mm. that. So that kind of puts a little damper on that whole A little whole bit. A little bit. It's like almost like The Onion, if The Onion published it, too. Oh, the Onion's so much better. <laughs> but uh, equally as fake. <laughs> also, interviews with a handful of amateur radio listeners who were known to have tuned into the S-band moon signals produced testimony that they heard the same exact conversations which were released by NASA. Hmm. So basically, debunking. That that's, right. that didn't happen. On Apollo 8, following the first trans-Earth injection, when the crew came back into contact with Houston, astronaut Jim Lavelle said, quote, Please be informed there is a Santa Claus. A lot of people believe that Santa Claus is a NASA code word for UFO. Oh. And you're going to come across this a lot in line. Okay. A lot of people say when he said, Please be informed there is a Santa Claus, that was his way of telling NASA that there was a UFO. Believe in the unbelievable kind of thing. I just don't, I don't buy that. I don't, uh, you're going to, that's one of the things that are given as proof that we saw aliens with the moon landings. But, you know, my thing with that is if you're working at NASA, chances are you have an IQ in the triple digits. I mean, mm -hmm. you're pretty smart. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to use something that's just as weird as saying a UFO to say that right. you saw it. You would make up some technical thing saying oh we have a differential in the gyroscope sure. something that people <laughs> exactly. that people aren't going to grasp onto would be like why right. did you just say you know it was around christmas time when this happened so they think that he was just being cute saying uh, oh santa claus is up here and you would think that they had already had code language figured out oh, yeah if they ever yeah. had to communicate something like that yeah he wouldn't be making it up on the fly but there's a lot of people that believe him saying that please be informed there is a santa claus means that they did see a ufo i'm not buying it yeah, I think he was probably just doing those one for the kids. Yeah, yeah. Hey that's guys, totally I what spotted I Santa too. Claus over Canada at nine oh two p.m. So a lot of that, when you look up stuff about aliens on the moon, these are like the first things that come up, and I just not poo poo it. all over it. Yeah, poo poo. Yeah, and it's 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 you know researching this is hard because I'm not a skeptic. I mean, I believe in a lot of paranormal or unexplainable things i mean mm -hmm. you know that yeah but it's just that 
some people pick and choose what facts they want to put out there. You know what I'm saying? Well, and I feel like this is one of those things that we don't, you and I do not have the capability to investigate ourselves. It's the moon. Mm -hmm. We're not going into space anytime soon. We don't have access to the tools and things we need to investigate any of this. Like we can go to a a haunted location and do an investigation. It's a totally different ballgame. But, you know, like the whole thing where people say that these Soviet astronauts or these Soviet scientists said, no, this they've saw, people don't back research it enough to see that it came from the National Enquirer. They just see that and they're (laughs) like, oh, that's got to be gospel. Right. You know, so I don't know. They found it on the internet. It has to be true. Exactly. But there, there were things that were seen that they couldn't explain. In his book, Return to Earth, Colonel Edwin E. Aldrin Jr. writes the following. Quote, in the middle of one evening, Houston time, I found myself idly staring out the window of the Columbia and saw something that looked a bit unusual. It appeared brighter than any star and not quite the pinpoints of light that stars usually are. I pointed this out to Mike and Neil, and the three of us were beset with curiosity. With the help of a monocular, we guessed that whatever the object was, it was only a hundred or so miles away. Looking at it through our sextant, we found it occasionally formed a cylinder. They looked at it through what? A sextant. That's like a... uh, You know me. I know. Perv. We found it occasionally formed a cylinder, but when the sextant's focus was adjusted, it had sort of an illuminated L shape to it. It had a shape of some sort. We all agreed on that. But exactly what it was, we couldn't pin down. We asked Houston a couple casual questions like, how far away is the Saturn third stage? The response was that it was in the vicinity of 6,000 miles away, so that wasn't it. It could possibly have been one of the panels of the Saturn third stage which fly off to expose the LM and could not be traced from Earth. We could see it for about 45 seconds at a time when the ship rotated, and we watched it on and off for about an hour. We debated whether or not to tell the ground we had spotted something and decided against it. Our reason was simple. The UFO people would descend on the message in hordes, setting off another rash of UFO sightings back on Earth. We concluded that it was most likely off the panels. Hmm. Its course appeared in no way to conflict with ours, and it presented no danger, so we dropped the matter there. So they did see something, you know, but that's not really conclusive. Right. And, of course, Dr. Edgar Mitchell, an Apollo 14 astronaut, several times expressed his views that he was sure that most UFOs spotted are indeed visitors from another world. You know, you see him on a lot of UFO shows and stuff like that. Well, and you, there are so many accounts, not from former, you know, astronauts, but pilots. Yeah. Military and commercial pilots who have seen things that they, they cannot explain. Yeah. And they know what's up in the air. They're used to seeing other things up in the air. And these are crafts that, you know, that they can't explain. Yep. To me, there's some merit to that. But I like the fact that they purposely didn't to announce it to you know, mission control because they knew the UFO people would go nuts right. hearing that, that, that they well, saw something like that. And, and that, it, it's true. I mean, they would have. That's an interesting point because you, on the, these UFO shows, you hear the radio communication between the pilot of the plane saying, hey, I just saw, you know, a bogey off of blah, blah, blah that I can't explain or, you know, they'll come right out and say, I think I just saw a UFO. And those things get leaked to shows. Yep, exactly. <laughs> like, not ancient aliens, of course, but, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that's UFOs seen on the moon by astronauts. I'm really not buying any of that. We'll never know. We'll never know. Unless somebody comes up with a photo and then we'll just say that it was Photoshopped. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
This is again one of those things that we can't see for our own eyes. No. So it's it's hard to believe. Yeah. And just because that I'm skeptical about this, I think, you know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think there's weird stuff on the moon. I think there's weirdness with the moon and aliens could be there, but I think that the things that people are putting on the internet as gospel aren't true. Right. Are you going to get to this, but isn't there a rock formation on the moon that looks like an alien face? Next. No, that's actually Mars. <laughs> oh. oh, is it Mars? I okay. think so. I'm getting my but planets you're getting, they're getting a little bit ahead. Okay. And that brings us to mystery number four, lunar anomalies. As far back as the late 1700s, astronomers peering through telescopes have reported strange lights and shadows on the surface of the moon, some showing apparent movement across the lunar terrain. In 1847, for example, quote, luminous points of light were observed on the moon during an eclipse when the entire moon is covered in Earth's shadow. Many astronomers have observed strange lights and craters that seem to move and change formations as if under intelligent control. Astronomer W.H. Pickering, discoverer of the ninth moon of Saturn, observed certain peculiar dark areas that seem to move across the floor inside the crater Eratosthenes. He eventually began to wonder if what he was witnessing might be migrating life forms. Risking his reputation, Pickering reported 20 miles of movement in a 12-day period inside that one crater. I love this next one, actually. (laughs) August of 1835, the world was treated to a fantastic story of scientific discoveries by the famous British astronomer Sir John Henschel, who claimed to have created a telescope that could greatly magnify what was on the moon due to the addition of a, quote, hydro-oxygen microscope that was built onto the telescope. Readers of the New York Sun were shocked by stories written by Herschel's assistant, Andrew Grant, about creatures spotted living on the moon, which included unicorns, strange humanoid bat creatures, blue goats, and beavers that walked around on two legs. (laughs) The problem with this was that there was no Andrew Grant, and what became known as the Great Moon Hoax was apparently a joke created by one of the newspaper's writers. And I love this next part. Herschel, who was actually doing research in South Africa, was reading the articles, but was not able to respond quickly to deny the claims. So he had to be just (laughs) reading these every day like, oh my God, my career is done. (laughs) So that was a a big hoax. And that kind of got people started on thinking that there were things on the moon because a lot of people bought into this at first. My favorite is the beavers that walk up. Oh yeah, I think that's cute. I wish there were beavers I walked around two legs and unicorns. Gotta have the unicorns. The bat-like things can stay there. Yeah. That's, maybe that's what Mothman is. Maybe, maybe? he just traveled. You Could know, be. maybe this is his summer home. I don't know. His <laughs> summer home. <laughs> Strange things have been seen on the moon for centuries, usually flashes of light or color or lights that appear to move across the lunar surface. These are known as transient lunar phenomena, or TLP, and many of the reports dating from 1540 to 1969 have been cataloged by NASA. Such flashes of light and color could be attributed to meteor impacts or perhaps some kind of gaseous emissions, but there are also sightings of something called, quote, fast walkers, which are shadows or objects that are seen or filmed crossing the lunar surface. And if you if you look for these on YouTube, you're going to find a lot of, and some of them are really interesting. Are they like straight from NASA? Like where no, are people like people, getting people them? No, like people watching the moon. Through people telescopes? recording the moon through telescopes and stuff. Okay. A, lot of, a lot of these are really interesting where you see something... You know, it could be some, you know, some people think it's a satellite getting between us right, and shadow, the moon. Right, a shadow, an actual but shadow. But they see the uh, shadow of something going across the moon. Okay. 
Fast walker is a term coined by NORAD, North American Air Defense Command, to categorize objects that approach from space, enter our atmosphere, maneuver strangely, and then leave the atmosphere again in a manner that is not consistent with any known crafts or phenomena. Like the uh, thing that you posted in our strangers group? BDC said it looked like a big joint. Oh, that... that, that <laughs> Space turd, yeah, whatever it that is. Was, I can't remember what it was called. Onomatopoeia or something like something. that. That, it was, that they thought it was like an alien craft. Mm-hmm. That was actually interesting. Because I've been following that story. Because the trajectory of it yeah. didn't seem yep. natural. Astronauts since the first moon landing by Apollo 11 have reported sightings of flashing lights on the moon's surface. What's even stranger about it is that they have reported these flashes even when their eyes are closed. An astronaut named Charles Duke shared his experience with this, saying, quote, I'm having these light flashes. I'm seeing this like light flashing in my eyeballs. Astronauts who have encountered the lights would describe it as white flashes, but there are others that have reported back after encountering the lights different colors, such as blue and yellow. And in almost all instances, after they have come back home to Earth, astronauts who have seen these lights will still see them flashing under various conditions on Earth. These lights remained a mystery for years, and then it was theorized that the lights were perhaps a visual effect caused by cosmic rays. To test this theory, engineers put together an experiment involving a black box that could be worn as a helmet. The box would have sensors that could detect the presence of cosmic rays. Astronaut Charles Duke wore the helmet on his next mission, and when he radioed back seeing clusters of light and white streaks, the box detected a high presence of cosmic rays in his environment. So a lot of times you'll do searches on the internet. You're going to find a lot of reports of, of astronauts seeing these strange lights and then still seeing them when they close their eyes. And that's pretty much been explained away. Also, I think this, I've always thought this has been super fascinating that there's a lot of people that believe there are structures on the moon. Uh, When you look this up, the first one that you're going to usually come across is something called the shard. I am going to have these pictures all posted in the, I don't know if I'm going to post them in both the Strangers and on the Strange Sessions page. I'll probably do that. But these will be in the Strangers group and on the Strange Sessions page, so you can look to see what we're talking about. The first one is called the Shard, and that is usually shows up as the first thing. I mean, when you look at the picture, you can see that thing that looks like an X or a star or something. That's actually the camera. That's actually the camera taking the picture. But it's the object below that that is sticking up from mm-hmm. the moon's surface that people are fascinated with. I can, you can see a shadow, too. Yep. A large, the shard is a large object sticking out from the moon's surface in a photo snapped by the lunar orbiter, and it has been nicknamed the shard by UFO researcher Richard C. Hoagland. The strange structure, if that's indeed what it is, would be enormous, at least seven miles high by Hoagland's calculations. Skeptics say that it's actually a defect caused by liquids dripping on the film during developing, but people counter that by pointing out that the shard has a visible shadow, mm-hmm. which it does. Yeah. It doesn't look solid to me, though. No, and it's weird. It looks like somebody described it as a bowling pin. I think yeah, it I looks, don't see that. No, I think it looks phallic, if you know where I'm for going sure, with that. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But, I think it looks like um, smoke almost or some kind of vapor you know it doesn't look like that that is one of the theories is that it's a vaporous emission from the surface of the moon but then people say it shouldn't have a shadow and does the moon give off vaporous emissions supposedly oh okay (laughs) but uh, it wouldn't have a shadow if unless it was a solid well but clouds have shadows 
possibly. No, they do. <laughs> I don't know. I had to <laughs> actually, think, a, I had to actually think about that. They have shadows. <laughs> you can see them floating, you know, across the surface of the earth. But I, I don't know what I think of this. I mean, if it was like a tower, I, I could see, but it's it looks it's way so, too It's so grainy and... Yeah. When was this taken? Some, I mean, do we know where it was? Can somebody take a better photo? <laughs> like, I feel like this is just a poor quality. It this, is. I mean, it's a blow is up. Even it's even the a, moon. Like, I can't even it's tell. A blow, it's a blown up section of a picture so of the moon. it's super pixelated. Yep. And but this always shows up as blurry. one of the big proofs that there are structures on the moon, and that is the shard. I'm not impressed. No. Another one that... I thought was um, this one I don't think is super interesting, but this is the picture of something called the castle. Click on that. It should be in your folder. Moon okay. pics. So that's the castle. <laughs> of course, everything's like super Grainy artsy and, yeah. and black and white. Yeah. And it looks like a weird rock formation. It does. Like the castle. Or, you know what I mean? The castle is a tall structure, which is said to stand at least nine miles high, consisting of many pillars and spires thus creating the image of a castle. The castle was discovered in the Apollo 10 frame 4822. I mean, we have a lot of really strange-looking rock formations, formations on the Earth. Yep. It's just a natural thing that yep. happens via erosion, although that's not raining on yep. the moon. But Yeah, but a lot of people believe <laughs> that this is a... I don't know. A lot of people believe this is a castle-like structure. I don't know uh. what I think. If by castle you mean that thing that you put in your fish tank that looks like <laughs> it does look coral, like a, that's, yeah. I don't know. Again, not impressed. No. Next one. And this one I like. This one is really interesting. Go to the one called Pyramid Moon 2. Okay. This one is called Geophone Rock. During Apollo 17, the astronauts filmed in the Taurus Littrow Valley of the moon. For 30 years, NASA classified one particular image as being a blank frame from the Apollo 17 film. But looking at that frame, you can see a structure that greatly resembles a pyramid. I mean, it looks just like a pyramid. It does look just like a pyramid. Could it be a lens flare or something technical? The only thing that the astronauts snapped was the the LVR, their vehicle, under peculiar light conditions. So they're wondering if this isn't a part mm, of, their, could be. of their vehicle. But a lot of people say that this shows a pyramid on the moon. Uh, it looks like a pyramid. It does but look I like a pyramid, like but it could be a part. Sure, you. I'd like to scrutinize photos yeah, of the yeah, vehicle. Yeah, it could be. It could be a part of the vehicle that they were mm-hmm. on that they were just happened to shoot it at you know pointing the camera down instead of out at the landscape, and this is a part of the ship that juts right. out like that. But a lot of people say that this is proof that there are structures on the moon and that this was a pyramid that NASA forgot to take out of the photos. <laughs> sure. Don't that forgetful NASA. Now, this next one I actually think is cool. I actually kind of like this one. It is the one called Phoenix Lights. It's, shaped like it's a, a mysterious triangular wedge-shaped object that people either believe is the opening to an underground base with lights on the side to guide ships in, or it's a craft that appears to be triangular and has a light pattern very similar to the one seen on the craft in the Phoenix Lights UFO sighting. And this one, I think, is... I mean, this, it doesn't look natural at no, all. No, this, this is one of the ones that I, met. I was actually like, huh, that's actually... I mean, you can see one, two, three lights on each side and then one in yeah. the center. I mean, you have, it's symmetrical. It mm-hmm. looks like, it looks like what people believe the crafts in the Phoenix light UFO right. sighting yeah. 
look like. So this one actually kind of makes That's me. That's interesting. Yeah, this one actually is kind of like, huh. Stands out again yeah. against the rest of the environment. It's yep. very assuming this is Assuming looking. this is the actual untouched photo. Right. Which, you know, who knows. Hard to but say. a lot of people say that a lot of people originally thought that this was an opening into an underground base. Hmm. But after the Phoenix after yeah. the Phoenix Lights sightings, people were like, "Wow, that looks exactly like the ships that people mm. think that they saw." So this one, I'm not gonna brush off right away. This one, I think, is kind of interesting. It's intriguing. Other mysterious objects, such as the lunar cylinder, which is like a cylinder, a cylindrical looking piece of like rock or cement that looks like it was manufactured okay. was on the moon the lunic 13 artifact which seemed to be a, a drill bit or a screw it looked like a manufactured drill bit or screw on the moon like and, huge though like how did they f- zoom in on something that small i don't know it okay. must have been in a photo but there's a bunch of other photos and going through the photos that i put on our facebook group go to the one called humanoid Somebody said that looks like... (laughs) That's weird. It's weird because I didn't realize until after I was reading about it that people speculate it's somebody walking away from the camera and the the darkness behind them is their shadow on the surface of the moon. Because I saw it as somebody walking towards us, but I can see what they're saying where it looks like a person walking across. Their shadow behind them. That is interesting. Don't know what to make of that one. Yeah. And you go to the one Mega Cube which sounds like a bad Atari 2600 game, <laughs> shows a cube-looking thing on top of oh. a pyramid-looking thing, yeah. which I don't know. It's very square. It is very square, and people say that it looks like a sculpture or... What's that big round thing on the left? Something called the tower, that they think that that's another oh. uh, object sticking out, like a, a building sticking out from the moon. Everything's just so grainy and blurry. I know, but they had to go, they had to zoom in how many times. Sure. So that's... Eh. I want to see some recent... We have the technology now to take really detailed photos of the surface of the moon. Where are those pictures? There's the one called Ribbed. Okay. For her pleasure. Yes. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> How did I know you were saying that? Because we've met. This one was actually in the news a few months ago in August of 2018 when UFO hunter Scott C. Waring accused NASA of deleting images of the moon that showed a series of strange ribbed tube-like structures on the surface of the moon. Of course. Waring says of the structures, quote, I don't think they are structures to live in, but probably have a purpose like air or breathing filtration or collecting of energy or even as a transmitting antenna. Waring also claims to have discovered an alien city within the Rainier Crater on the moon, saying that, quote, at the center of the city is a glowing orb. Uh The city is made of massive black tunnels that move in every direction, but they vary in size from two kilometers wide to a few hundred meters wide. Below this mass of black structures is more of the city, which is sealed underground. Skeptics say that the structures, the rib structures, were most likely a photography glitch. Yeah, because I look at that and it it, it has the look of like some kind of a flare. Yeah, or it looks like something. A piece I, of I, hair I, that got. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't think that's hair, a structure. Hair that mistakenly floats into yeah, like a, a photo like, with a flash has that characteristic mm-hmm, to it. Mm-hmm. That looks like a hair follicle. So I'm not buying the rib for her pleasure no. devices <laughs> on the moon. No, that doesn't look real to nope. me. Nope. And then you go to Robot Head, which was in the news, I think, a couple years back. I remember this, where somebody zoomed in and saw what they say is a robot head. Oh, yeah. 
That's creepy, actually. It's <laughs> creepy, but I think it's just a rock. I think it's just a rock with, you know, the right angle yep. of the sunlight and yep. shadow. But that it is looks the, like a skull to me. Yeah, but that is the it's robot. Skeletor. That is the robot head. Okay. And then there's satellite dish, which is intriguing. That looks like a satellite dish. But somebody said they they speculate that it is a crater sure. on the side of a crater. Okay. That, that black spot you're seeing towards the top is actually a hole on that side of the crater, but it's giving like this 3D, this false 3D look, like it's sticking up like a radio antenna. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see this. That. You're going to see this one a lot when you look up structures on the moon. Okay. And lastly, we come to tracks. I remember seeing this one years ago, oh, where yeah. there's that thing in the middle that looks like it is. That's weird. You know, but could it have been? A piece of an asteroid or something that landed on the moon and then rolled. Because it looks like there's a tall, a long, like there's a long yeah. straight shadow. Yeah, and people are saying it looks like this thing purposely went this route in order to divert from like that crater and a hill and stuff. This one, I'm gonna put this one so with odd. the uh, the Phoenix Lights one because I think this one is interesting. I really do. It, and it's actually a halfway decent quality photo. Yeah, but it's, it looks like it's something moving across the surface of the moon, make, leaving tracks on the moon. But could it have just been a piece of an asteroid that hit the moon and then rolled a little bit? I don't know. Zooming in on my... I don't know. But this one this one and the it Phoenix... looks like chain, too. Like chain, yeah. I think. This one and the Phoenix Lights one, I think, are both intriguing. The rest... I'm not really into. Well, and do you see, so if you're looking at this photo, there's like the thing that looks like tracks are trained and then off to the right, there's another line that's less defined. Do you see that? No. Let me show you. Oh yeah. That's strange. That is strange. That almost that almost that almost looks like a track of some kind too. I did not notice that. I did not zoom in like that. But yeah, I think I think this one and the Phoenix Lights ones are interesting. The rest I kind of write off as you know blurry pareidolia or yeah. zooming in so much on something <laughs> that you lose basically everything. And you can pretty much call it anything at that point. Yep. Cool. So yeah, those are some of the ones that when you do a, a search on structures on the moon, you'll come across. Some are better than others, but make of it what you will. Oh, we will. <laughs> one one of the newer interesting things was something called a lunar wave. A user going by the name of Crow777 has filmed some astonishing footage of the moon. He caught something which he named the, quote, lunar wave going across the surface of the moon from bottom to top as it appeared on his camera. This lunar wave has the appearance of a line, like the line that moves across a computer screen during a reset. It looks digital, electronic, or holographic. Skeptics and naysayers have criticized his findings and claimed the lunar wave is just a result of his recording equipment not just local to the moon itself. But in some of his videos, Crow shows that by adjusting the various layers, colors, and lighting, you can see that the wave actually occurs on or just above the moon's surface and has nothing to do with his camera. Is this on YouTube? Yeah, it's on YouTube. And I looked, and it looks like basically what it says, where it's really subtle. But he says, he'll tell you in the video, he'll say, now, it's coming right now. And you'll see this line that like goes down across the moon, surface of the moon, looking like a scan line, like in a photograph or 
something weird like that. But mm-hmm. a lot of people say that's just a camera thing and that's not actually happening. What's but, his, does he have a theory behind it? No. Okay. No. But other people say that like it looks... Like the moon is a hologram or something? That's, you know, <laughs> that, that yeah, people that really buy into this say that it's further proof that we're living in a computer simulation, mm-hmm. which you all know I like that idea. Mm-hmm. But looking at the videos and stuff, I'm not really sold on it. But uh, if you do a search a search on YouTube for Lunar Wave, you'll find videos of this. And it's interesting. It's worth checking out. Is, does more than one person have a video of it? I don't know. I just The only ones that okay. I saw, I think he did. But I think other people have linked to his. So okay. if you check out the Lunar Wave videos, let me know what you think. Like I said, it's really subtle. So don't expect anything mind-blowing. But it is kind of strange. Okay. And then uh, this also shows up on UFO shows like NASA Unexplained Files and all that. In 2013, a woman named Donna Hare released a video talking about how she was a member of a team contracted by NASA in the 70s and that she saw photographs taken of the lunar surface displayed in a restricted area, some of which a NASA employee pointed out had images of structures and UFOs on the moon, and his job was to remove these items from the photos before they were released to the public. She claims that thousands of photographs of strange things on the moon have been altered and airbrushed. She also said, quote, they didn't threaten to kill me, but I got the message I shouldn't talk about it. Hmm. And you'll see videos of her a lot in these UFO shows saying that it's, it's a common practice to airbrush things out on the moon that they don't want the public seeing. It's so strange. Why, though? I don't know. They don't want us to, to know. Freak out or what? To freak out, I guess. <laughs> okay. That's the only theory. But yeah, that's what I got for... The thing is, I feel like there are enough people out there who have enough money to buy the equipment to just look for themselves. Yeah, yeah. So... That's the thing. And we didn't even delve into whether or not we landed on the moon because I think that might be a whole separate... That's a whole episode. That's going to be a whole episode on its own. conspiracy theory. Yep, that is going to be a whole episode on its own. But that's what I got for, for weird things. I've always been fascinated with the structures on the moon. I think it's interesting i just don't see the data or proof of that any of Mm -hmm. this is that there's anything to it at all i think the i think that the information surrounding the fact that it just shouldn't exist in the first place is way more interesting than any of these photos or anything like that all of this leads to one overall theory and that theory is the belief that we haven't gone back to the moon because we were warned to stay off of it by aliens Some theorists believe that the aliens are mining resources from the moon and that the majority of UFOs seen here on Earth have come from the moon. When do you think the last time is we walked on the moon? Did you know this? No. Take a guess. Last time we visited the moon. In the 70s? It's 1972. Uh, Everybody says, why haven't we gone back? And that that feeds the whole. It is odd. That feeds the whole aliens. We certainly. Yeah, because people said, wouldn't it be easier to have a base on the moon rather than have a space station? Yeah. And it's not like we've discovered everything there is to discover yep. about the moon, but we always want to be reaching yeah. further and further. So that that seems to be the one overarching question in all this is why haven't we gone back to I the moon? I guess we we have limited resources. And yeah, and, and the, the reason that people the give is they said no one has gone back because it's expensive, it's dangerous, and the priority for the first moon landings were beating Russia there, not on building a clear path for future trips, which I totally get. And we have because so we many wanted o- to win the space race. Well, we so. have other places we want to explore. Yeah. Yep. But groups like SpaceX and even Google have future moon landings in their sites. Mm -hmm. So there is a possibility that we'll be going back there, assuming we weren't warned off by aliens and told not to go to the moon. But what's interesting is I remember as a a younger kid, I want to say 70s, 80s, reading accounts that a lot of people say that they see 
equipment on the moon, drilling equipment, like abandoned drilling equipment. And they think that, and then when I read this, that they believe that aliens are mining resources from the moon. That kind of, you know, went with what I remember reading as a kid that a lot of people say they see what looks like drilling equipment on the moon. Do you think that they would have equipment that looked like our, that's a thing, more high tech. (laughs) That's a thing. Who knows? You know, I doubt it. But so that's one of the theories that we have not gone back to the moon because we were told specifically not to because there's aliens there. Because the aliens said, yep. get off my lawn. Yep. So I'll end this with a <laughs> quote from science writer William Roy Sheldon, who says, quote, just as an Apollo spacecraft circling the Earth every 90 minutes, while 160 kilometers high, has to have a velocity of 29,000 kilometers per hour to stay in orbit, so something has to give the moon the precisely required velocity for its weight and altitude. The point, and it is one seldom noted in considering the origin of the moon, is that it is extremely unlikely that any object would just stumble into the right combination of factors required to stay in orbit. Something had to put the moon at that altitude, on its course, and at its speed. The big question is, what was that something? Can you say that about Earth, though? Possibly, you could say that any planet that orbits yeah. around another planet. Yeah, but but not specifically planet, but our around, moon, yeah. our moon should not exist, and mm-hmm. it should not exist like it does. It should not exist where it does, which all leads to the fact that it shouldn't be there. And it seems like something put it there, specifically put it there. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it was aliens parking there and joyriding to Earth, or if it was something that was put there in order to facilitate us to exist on this planet. So just something to think about. It's it's interesting. It's mm-hmm. it's something that we take for granted because we see it all the time. But the right. moon is strange. Yeah. And necessary. Yeah. To survival. So lastly, and I thought this was really interesting. Things that we have left on the moon. Here we go. Oh. The wreckage or pieces of at least 70 spacecraft, six American flags three moon buggies, 12 pairs of boots, 12 video cameras, two golf balls, backpacks, several empty packages of space food, a patch from the never-launched Apollo 1 mission, which ended prematurely when flames engulfed the command module during a 1967 training exercise, killing three U.S. astronauts, a gold-plated telescope designed by Dr. George Carruthers and the only telescope to make observations from the surface of another planetary body, several various hammers, tongs, rakes, and shovels, a small disk bearing goodwill messages from 73 world leaders and left on the moon by the crew of Apollo 11, a small urn containing the ashes of Eugene Shoemaker, the famed planetary geologist who during his life dreamt of going to the moon, a feather from Bagan, the Air Force Academy's mascot Falcon, used to conduct Apollo 15's hammer and feather drop experiment, a silver pin left by Apollo 12 astronaut Alan Bean, a medal honoring Soviet cosmonauts Vladimir Komarov and Yuri Gagarin, a cast golden olive branch left by the crew of Apollo 11, a small aluminum sculpture that was smuggled aboard by astronaut David Scott and was left as a memorial to fallen astronauts and cosmonauts, a photograph that Charles Duke of the Apollo 16 mission left of himself and his family, 96 packets of human feces, urine, and vomit, and finally during the 1960s... I'm, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, that's what they did with all their poop and pee. They and just left it on the just moon. Just left it on the moon. It's just hanging out up there. 
And finally, during the 1960s, sculptor Forrest Myers had the idea to get six artists to collaborate on a tiny piece of artwork that would be left on the moon and recruited some big names to draw tiny sketches for a piece called Moon Museum. The designs were shrunken down and etched onto a tiny ceramic wafer by scientists at Bell Labs. Myers was unable to convince NASA to go along with the plan, so he convinced an engineer working on the Apollo 12 module to hide the wafer in the gold blanket that surrounds its lower sections. The engineer smuggled the wafer aboard, and two days after Apollo 12 landed, it left the moon, discarding the module and letting it crash down onto the lunar surface. The designs on the Moon Museum piece include a straight line by artist Robert Rauschenberg, a Mickey Mouse-like drawing by Clayce Oldenburg, and a stylized sketch of Andy Warhol's initials that looks suspiciously like a penis. <laughs> and it does, if you look at the pictures of this. So that is on the moon. Is that all just from us, yeah. like U.S.? Yeah, I think that's from Anyone much, who's yeah. visited the moon? Yeah. We're a bunch of litter bugs. We are. And I love that's that. Terrible. I love the, the Andy Warhol thing that... Hmm. You know, when we take our first step onto another planetary body, we basically leave a big dick Penis. joke. Yeah. So, <laughs> and some feces. So no wonder why nobody wants to visit us right? on our planet. We're jerks. We are jerks. But I just thought that was all super fascinating. That's crazy. That that's, I've never heard that before. Yeah, that that's all. I love the 96. You know, you don't want to be on the moon and be like, oh, what's this? And it's a bunch of earth junk. A bunch of poop. <laughs> earth poop and penis drawings <laughs> <laughs> so so there you go some moon mysteries for you guys hope that was That's acceptable the most mysterious part for me why would we do that <laughs> i remember years ago reading about the um it only came to light a couple years ago too with the moon museum piece that is on the moon that but seriously you look at it and it's like this one the uh, robert washenberg's uh, part in that was a straight line it's like come on i mean this is something that is going on a different planetary Planet. body right you know and yeah. Andy Warhol's initials. I'll show you. I'll bring it up right okay. now for you. It's fascinating. Look up Moon Museum on Google, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Bring it up for Krista. There. Andy Warhol's is in the upper. You probably don't need to point the penis. The upper left-hand corner. Oh, yep. Sure. That's a penis. I, it could be a spaceship, too. It could be. But Wow. A little Mickey Mouse thing. And a straight line. And some weird geometric shapes. I mean, straight line, dude. Take, some, take, some, take some pride in here. <laughs> Did he do it freehand? Is it perfectly straight? No, it's that even crooked. It's oh. even crooked. It's like, okay. come on. But that, that is Moon Museum. Look it up. It's fascinating. So there you go. All right. Time for some listener questions? Yeah. I'm excited. What time are we? Um, hour 34 minutes. Oh, we're doing good. We got time for one. I just wanted to say quick while Kurt is pulling this up to our listeners in California, our hearts go out to you with these oh, wildfires. That's horrible. It is, that is bad. I just can't even believe what's happening right no. now. It's just amazing that people are getting out alive and it's so sad to hear about the people whose lives have been lost and all of the homes. Thousands and thousands of people are homeless. I mean, that is just... But just looking at the footage of it, it's just devastating. And all the animals, all the yeah. animals. It, it's just so heartbreaking from every perspective. So we're thinking about you guys. Ready? Ready. This one would have been good for Halloween for a couple, <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. 
This is from Bridget, so it's not anonymous. Okay. Hey, Bridget. <laughs> hey, Bridget. <laughs> Love the podcast. I listened to her podcast. Yeah, the new episode wasn't on my Stitcher this morning, so I have to look again. This is, we're talking about my um, best vintage life with mm-hmm. Bridget Morelski. I don't think we've. I don't think you and I have talked about this on the show, but this is tonight's question from Bridget. What is your favorite classic horror movie? Oh, she already knows what I'm going to say. Probably. Because she loves it too. The Birds. It's one of my favorites. Hitchcock. See, I never got into The Birds. Oh, man. I, if I run in... It's that movie, one of the movies that I could find it on TV and it could be halfway through and I will just sit and watch the rest of it. I just... It's such a great movie. I love it. Love it. It if was We're okay. talking like classic, old school. I thought Psycho was better than The Birds. Yeah, and I like The Birds better. I don't know. Hmm. I love Tippy Hedren, though. That might be part of it. Do you ever read like how they did the stuff in the birds? How there, I saw well Eli Roth's History of Horror. I'm telling you, people, you gotta watch it because they talked about how he used storyboards for that whole movie. Yeah. Every single scene, every shot of the camera was a storyboard that he created ahead of time. He nothing was left to no. let's see how this works out. Everything was meticulously planned, and it. But it's there's kind there's of like super interesting things. Like there's a scene where Tippy Hedren. A bird like scratches her head, like lands on her head and scratches mm-hmm. her head and flies away. And they yeah. did that by, she had two tubes connected to her head. All these birds were trained to land on people. Okay. So she had these two tubes connected to her head so that as soon as the bird landed on her head, one tube squirted out fake blood and the other tube squirted out air, which scared, scared the, bird the bird off. Oh, and everything just happened perfect. But they said what was funny was that a lot of these birds that were trained to land on people, they just let free after the shooting. So they said after the film was released, oh, no. a lot of these birds would just randomly land on people. Scaring the bejesus out of the, everyone. Scared the hell out of, especially anybody that saw the movie. The movie. Oh, yeah. Man. So these birds were landing on people all over the place. But it's really interesting when you read like how they That's did cool. this movie. Yeah, back I mean, in the day it, when... It's, it's, it was a really big feat for them to make mm-hmm. this like they did. So it's super interesting. And she, Bridget just posted on, um, I think Instagram and Facebook that she was going to go to a viewing of it at a theater, but something happened and she couldn't go, but she found a vintage copy of the book, apparently of short stories yeah. where this yep, I saw that. story originated from it. I didn't know that the birds was based off of a short story. So that was interesting. Hitchcock was amazing. Yeah. I love North by Northwest. That's not a horror movie, but I love North by Northwest. Hey, you and I talked about this on our last drive home. Did we? From the podcast. Yes, Did I remember. <laughs> I don't even remember. So, so what is your choice? What What do you think my choice is? Classic horror movie. Classic Cla- you, my horror classic movie? is not as far back as yours. Oh. Classic horror movie. My favorite classic horror movie. Oh, man. I feel like you're testing me. Yeah. I want to say Blair Witch, but I'm sure that's not it. No. Think um, earlier. Earlier? Think think a movie that set the standard for horror movies. Halloween. Yes, okay. the original Halloween is by John far Carpenter's, one of the. Yeah. I think that I think that is a perfect horror movie. There's very little blood. Yeah. And it's just the I, pacing of it. The is pacing so of it, good. and yeah. a lot of these movies rely on nighttime for scares. But you know, like the scene where she looks and he's standing like at the hedge, like be on oh, the side of the, the hedge, distance. just looking. Yeah. You know, like that, and it's like during the day. That, that movie is just amazingly done. Halloween is an amazing horror movie. Yeah, I agree. And I think it is the best horror movie. It really did set the standard for every movie that came out. Yeah, because, but then it. it started the holiday trend for horror movies where you had, you know, Friday the 13th, Prom Night. Yeah. You know, you had all those movies that had Valentine's April Day. Fool's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, so all of those came from that, whether for good or bad. Again, Eli Roth's History of Horror. (laughs) (laughs) Rob Zombie is someone who's frequently on there. I don't like Rob Zombie horror movies. I do. They're too realistic. We've discussed this. Oh, yeah, but his, his rendition of Halloween I thought was excellent. I thought it was excellent. I don't know. And the second one. Anyway, but as a, I love a horror movie 3. fan. Halloween oh, really? 3 gets crapped on a lot hmm. with the, the masks. With the, okay, yeah, right. I, I liked Halloween 3, but Halloween 1 is... But you guys should check out Eli Ross' History of Horror because like Jamie Lee Curtis is on that and she yeah. talked about what it was yeah. like to play that role and how it's still the greatest role that she ever played. And I wanted to see the new one, but I didn't get a chance to see the new one I haven't either. My stylist, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ashley. Um, she did see it in the theater and she said it was actually pretty good. Yeah, I've heard from people that said it was great. Yeah. So I'll have to get you when it comes out on DVD or Netflix or something. I heard the movie um, Bohemian Rhapsody knocked it out of first place finally. Cause or we could go see in Mantwalk at the movie theater, the discount one where we did the ghost investigation. Ooh, is it there? Is yeah, it playing it's, there? No, but it's probably going to be at some oh, point. Sure. So yeah, I, I think that's a classic. Yeah, me movie. too. I, really I have do. to watch it every year. So when the it's birds on. and Halloween. Those are two pretty good movies. They're pretty good classics. Yeah. yeah, those are classics. So thank you, Bridget. Thank you for the, the good question. And I think that about wraps it up for tonight. Yeah. I think Krista and I are going to leave. Hopefully we can see the moon so she can finally point out the man on the moon to me because <laughs> I don't know where it is. Maybe we'll see some objects on the moon. Who knows? With our x-ray vision. With our, with our x-ray vision. I was just talking about how I might need new cheater glasses, so I'm probably not going to be seeing anything walking across oh the My eyes are across bad. The I cannot read. Like my, if, I, if I'm holding up my cell phone, I can't read on you it unless I take my glasses trombone. off. Ooh. Yeah, I have to get new glasses, but... God, I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> On that depressing note, <laughs> yeah. from Krista and I. Check out our, uh, we got to talk about our, uh, you're so ready to say she, stay strange. She was giving me the hands. I'm like, she was, the hands. Guys, we're on Facebook, She was giving me the Instagram, stop in the name of love. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Please rate us on iTunes. Yeah, if thank you, you guys so much for the iTunes ratings. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I, I do think that that helps like push our um, podcast up and like. Yeah, the like if people search paranormal or something like that, I think it, it increases our spot on there for people to find us. We do have a website, but nobody ever goes to it. It's no. more like just a vessel for the RSS feed, which pushes our podcast out everywhere. Um, if you want to answer the question about the old school, what's your favorite classic Halloween movie? Put it on the strangers. We'd love to hear what you guys think. And um, I don't know what else. I don't know. Just thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Every week we're just sort of astounded at the fact that anyone's listening. Yeah. You people are amazing. And we finally, we have an episode now that's had over a thousand listens and that's kind of a big deal for us. And it it's, kind it's of a big the deal. Paulding Light and Solway Firth episode. But when you say that, it scares me that we have so many people I know, listening. I a little bit. I'm like, sure like you some said of on those the, are Like you more... said on the ride here, in my head, we're still talking to like maybe the, the 10, 15 the people. 10, 15 people <laughs> that we communicate with the most. Yeah, exactly. You know? Which so is we, fine. We'll yeah. just always play yep. it that way and we'll never change and nope. we won't get, you know, big headed or anything like that. So. No. We'll remember you guys when we're all big and famous and <laughs> I need an entourage. I always wanted an entourage. And an intern. And an intern. Darn it. We need <laughs> an intern. And an intern. <laughs> <laughs> so from Krista and us, Krista and us. <laughs> Ooh, who wow. else is your Kurt? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm getting tired. Yeah. So from Krista and I, until next time, stay, stay strange. strange. This has been an Old School Media production, executive produced by Kirk Konechny. For more information and content, please visit strangesessions.com. 